Mm. Good God Almighty. I just thank God for the word. The word changes my Amen. life every time I hear it. Y'all better love. The, y'all better get in the love. It's the living word. Amen. I mm. count it all joy. Mm. When I fall into these temptations and trials and tribulations, I count it all joy because I have an understanding. Come on. Of my perfect landing place. Go ahead. And where I'm at now is not where I'm at. But yet where I'm at is where I'm at because I'm already there in eternity. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, y'all better buckle up right now. It's about to be on. So let's get into our teaching. Lay down praise, worship, and proclaiming exhortation of the word of God and also communion. But what we're going to do now is uh, talk about the precursor of his manifested presence. Mm. The precursor of his manifested presence, which is praise and worship. The precursor of his manifested presence. I'm going to do a recap because I've been teaching on a series of the glory. So for those who have not been here, I'm just going to kind of do a small overview of that and bring us all up to today, the precursor of his manifested presence. But we've been discussing a series of the glory. Uh, the first teaching was a revealed period in time, and that dealt with identifying the manifested glory, a revealed period in time. So you need to be able to tie them all together to bring you up to this moment of this particular teaching. And that dealt with identifying the manifest of glory. Our second teaching of the series of glory was declaring what's revealed. Declaring what's revealed. And that dealt with you being authorized to take possession of what's yours. Mm. The third one, carriers of his presence. Carriers of his presence. And that dealt with our spirit is to be possessed with the spirit of prophecy in under his influence. We've been under our own influence. We've been possessed by our own thoughts. This is why God is God today and tomorrow he's not. Because I have not been possessed by the spirit of prophecy and under his divine influence. And today... The precursor of his manifested presence. So let's go into the prior teaching and some of the, the elements that we explored. We explored experiencing God's manifested presence, dealing with his glory, his anointing, and also faith. As well as purpose in our functionality in the supernatural domain. So we've been dealing with the anointing, faith, and also glory. And how do we function in that? Mm -hmm. How do we function in the supernatural domain? The way that most of us been brought up in church is that through tradition, it's just been words. We've been talking about the glory, but what is really the glory? We've been talking about a lot of things when it deals with the word of God, but we have never really encountered or experienced the supernatural. We just talked about the supernatural. But we have not had a close encounter or a revelation or actually stepped into our new birth, which is supernatural. Our environment, our original environment is supernatural. Amen. Our original environment 
was in the presence of God. Our original environment was conducive for us to speak what was not to be. That was natural for us. But because of the fall of Adam, he lost his ability in his language. His words no longer had corresponding action. No response to the word. And so this is what's happening with us now. The word of God has no value. The word of God has become to be irrelevant to Christians. You know why? Because we never experienced or had an encounter with our own new birth, which is supernatural. Mm -hmm. For us, it should be supernatural to speak, not only speak, but to take possession of what's not there because it is there. We just can't see it. It's an eternity. And we have to declare it in the glory to bring it into time. But that's just been a concept for us, not a true reality for us. Our reality has been in the logos of the word, Mm -hmm. the stagnated standing word, not the living word, not the thriving word, not the manifested word to be the thing. So this is why we are dismayed. We are upset. We're not excited about our relationship with God anymore because We don't see the revealed word. Mm -hmm. And the reason we have not seen the revealed word is because the way that we have been taught and our perception and our own hearts and how we have already considered in our mind what is truth and what is fallacy. That's right. And because of your own intellect, so-called, you can't even now properly discern what's fallacy and what's truth. So I'll just stand between the two. And God says, I will have you to be hot or cold. So what you're saying is that because of the fall, our belief system or reality mm-hmm. has been altered That's right. by what we see. That's right. And what is real or what we think is real in time. So our belief system has been altered. So it's, it's hard for us. To receive that my nature now that I'm born again right. is supernatural. Right. And what the church has been telling us all the supernatural, spooky, spooky, whatever, mm-hmm. is really not based on really the love that God has. This is why Adam, when he fell, he had to till. Now he had to work. That's right. He had to till the earth and mm-hmm. thorns and thistles. That's See, right. that's a whole deeper study when it comes to that. In other words, he couldn't subdue it. He couldn't speak to it. Mm-hmm. And it respond the way God intended it right. because of the lie. It's still in work today in the church. We, we should have one belief that he is real. He that comes to God first must believe that he is. That's right. I'm realizing that the glory and why we need to understand the glory is that this is where we have fallen short from. He said, all have sinned. And that's the scripture the majority oh. of us we have Man. heard, right? Man. All have sinned. And have fallen short of the glory of God. The word not being the revealed word. Having no insight. No spiritual insight of what that scripture is really saying. None. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have missed the mark. And fallen short of the glory of God. Have fallen from your original state. Your original environment. The glory. All have sinned, which caused us all to fall away from the presence of God. 
because our original environment was the presence of God. God. Our original environment was in his presence. We had all power and authority. We didn't have to think about it. Mm -mm. We just was like he is. He just is. And so you have fallen short of being in his glory. And we talk about the glory. So I'll go in a little bit more about what we have fallen short from. So lastly, we discussed really eradicating false Christian doctrine Mm. and embracing our new begotten of God supernatural birth. See, we've done the reverse. We have embraced false Christian doctrine. We have Mm -hmm. taken hold of ownership of false Christian doctrine. Believed. This is why I don't really love God. This is why what he commands me to do, I feel like I can do what I want to do because I have no allegiance with God. But I call myself a Christian, beloved of God. And we need to learn about the glory so that we can truly advance the kingdom of God by perceiving the revealed word of God and understanding the glory. We need to understand what do we fall short of. Well, if we want to live at the forefront of what God is saying and what God is doing, and we have a desire to live in his constant blessing and to be in a permanent on fire for him, this is what you need to do. Mm. You need to sacrifice an exuberant praise and continual worship. Exuberant praise. A King David praise. Okay. All right. And continual worship. And it should become our intrinsic part of our lifestyle. This is why it's okay for me not to praise and not to worship because it has not become an intrinsic part of my lifestyle. It's not your lifestyle. What's your lifestyle is worry. What your lifestyle is to complain, to murmur. What's next? What's going on? How much do I have in the bank? Your old life is your lifestyle. Mm. I like worship. Still in the form of worship. That's right. But it's your old lifestyle. So let's talk about glory as it relates to timing. I'm learning some of the Hebrew terms, but uh, my first native language is English. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think last week and week before, I was going, kabod, kabod. It's kabod, kabod, which is glory, kabod, glory. And so God's glory gives us a proper opinion of him. God's glory gives us a proper opinion of him. So don't develop your own opinion because he's going to give you himself a proper opinion of him. His glory will. But this is why you have to experience the glory. We've been chasing prophecy. Go ahead. We've been chasing signs. We've been chasing the gold dust and and the manifestation of the glory. But we have not been chasing the glory. And all those things are not manifestations of God. Because the enemy can come in and he can actually, he can manifest too. He is a lying wonder. signs and wonders. As well. So everything, this is why you need discernment, because everything that you see that's glittering gold falling out the 
the, the air vents ain't God. So the timing of the glory. First of all, the glory provides you a glimpse into his beauty, his brilliance, his splendor, and his radiance. Come on. It gives you a small glimpse into his beauty, his brilliance, his radiance, and his splendor. A small glimpse. That's that part. Kabod, I love it. The purpose of the glory, before I give you the timing of the glory, and we need to know this, that when the glory is gone, you stop knowing God. When you're not experiencing his glory, you stop knowing him. That's why it's so easy to walk away from him. Mm. Teach. Mm-mm. I got some amen. Because the spirit of Ichabod, the spirit of the glory has departed. It's normally in, throughout many churches. There's a lot of preaching. There's a lot of entertainment. But there's no genuine glory cloud. And the purpose of the glory is to really to bring us together in a place to where now you'll be exposed to who he is, understanding him. This is how he communicates to you in the glory. You should be hearing in the glory. Amen. Because you are carriers of his glory. You carry the presence of God. How do you carry his presence? You can't hear him. So the, the different dispensations or, or timing of the glory, the past, present, and future is this. It's that the past guides you. It's assure you of his presence and power. The glory does this. And the biblical days, symbolically, the cloud, mm-hmm. the fire, it was a, a goddess. It, it, it was a god. It assured them of the presence of God. So they feel they had to go a certain place and the, the cloud was out at Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. He assure you of his presence. And so the present tent of the glory is, is for warning to discipline you. It's for self-control. The future aspect of the glory is that it is to comfort you. It comfort those who weep, those who feel feeble, those who feel that you're paralyzed, you're weak. Yeah, I can't go on. I'm exhausted. This is why you're revived in the glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. Refreshed, yeah. And Psalms 24, 8, it reads, Who is this king of the kabod? Jehovah is strong and mighty. Jehovah is mighty in battle. And the original concrete meaning of the kabod is battle armament. Battle armament. So now let's go to our foundation scripture, Romans 12, 1, and the complete Jewish Bible. And we're talking about the precursor of the glory which is praise and worship. I exhort you, therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer yourselves as a sacrifice, living and set apart for God. This will please him. It is the logical temple worship for you. Mm. In other words, do not let yourselves be conformed to the standards of the Olam Hazeh. Instead, keep letting yourselves be transformed by the renewing of your minds mm. so that you will know what God wants and will agree that what he wants is good, satisfying, and able to succeed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> mm. Glory to God. So <laughs> I'm sure you're King James somewhere along that line. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2. 
this is really a combination of the praise and worship. Amen. Paul says, I'm encouraging you, mm. brothers, and the view of God's mercy mm. to offer yourself as a sacrifice. Living. Living and set apart for God. And we'll talk about this. This is the part of praise. A lot of times this scripture is taught from living a consecrated life, in which it is, means set apart for God. And this teaching is for the sacrifice of praise. This will please him. It is the logical temple worship. Your body. This is where the worship goes on. Logical. Makes sense. This is the temple worship. Mm -hmm. Set your body apart as a sacrifice to praise God in this temple because praise is going to lead you to worship. Sure will. Take it right in. Our supporting scripture, Hebrews 13, 15, New Living Translation. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. He said, therefore, let us offer through Jesus. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. He's saying here that you are proclaiming your allegiance to his name when you do that. When you praise God, you are claiming, you are proclaiming your allegiance to his name. Mm. That you're on the same side. You let the enemy know that my allegiance, when I praise God, my allegiance is with my God. Make no mistake of whose side I'm on. Go ahead. Uh, my uh, allegiance is with God. Jesus. Every time you praise through Jesus, you proclaim whose side you're on. Mm. So praise is a proclamation and, and sacrifice. Hallelujah. To praise, to make a show or rave about, to glory in or boast upon, to be glamorously foolish about your adoration of God. Foolish. 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 I can't be all dignified, y'all, then. I got I to gotta cut loose and be right glamorous with me being foolish. <laughs> I, I can do the glamorous and then I go ahead and do the foolish part. I can do that. <laughs> this is what it says. This is how you are to praise him. You are to make a show. This is the time for you to have the center floor stage. He said, make a show. Go Cause ahead. attention. Go ahead, David. Bring attention to yourself, Dave. David said, don't eat. Make don't a show. A <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He said, and rave about it. Amen. Amen. He said, it looked good on you. Praise looked good on you. It it looks calmly. It looks good on you. It's not about you. Thank you. That's the problem. It's not about you. It's not about your personality. Mm. It's not about, you know, it's just not my nature to be loud and, or I don't want to bring attention. He says here, this is how you praise me. Because this is a sacrifice. That's right. Uh-oh. Oh. Because your flesh don't want to do it. They don't want to it, do it. it. It's more better that I sit reserved and, you know, sit back, you know, because that's just who I am. I don't need to. 
cause attention to myself. But the word of God said, make a show. That's what it says. He said, make a show. <laughs> Rave about it. He said, be right glamorous and foolish in your worship. Mm. My goodness. <laughs> wow. That, that does uh, set you apart. <laughs> That will set you apart from the world. <laughs> that will set you apart. Or set you apart from the uh, non-believer. Wow. Mm. That's praise. And so you will see that in the screen here, what we have in the back. We have it in Hebrew where you see at the very bottom of the step, it's praise. Mm-hmm. That is the Haleo. That is praise at the very bottom of the step. And as we go up, you would see I worship, and then you see the glory. Amen. Amen. Shaha. The Shaha. Shaha is a breaking of the time zone. Okay. <laughs> Shaha is doing what? Worship is breaking of the time zone. So you must worship me in spirit and truth. So yeah. You can't be in time, but go you ahead anyway. You can't be in time. You have to break the time zone. Amen. But you're going to have to go down. Yes. It's a inwardly. This is good. Outpouring of your heart. It's an inwardly outpouring of your heart. This is a shaha mm. worship. It is to depress or prostrate in homage or loyalty to God. Mm. Bow down, fall down flat, face down on the ground before another worthy of respect and divine honor. Shaha. <laughs> Where are my worshipers? <laughs> shaha. Uh-huh. It mm. says in Psalm 29, 2, it says, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. His name. He commands you to give him the glory that is due Do to his name. name. He said, and worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. You can say something, Pastor. Oh, uh, I'm just saying, we, you got to get that revelation of his name. Yes. Yehovah. You yeah. got to get that revelation of that name. See, you, and he said, and also in 148 Psalm, he said, how excellent. Mm-hmm. How excellent is his name. There you go, Fantasy. That's how you know. How mm-hmm. excellent is his name. That's right. Mm. Yeah, so amen. let's, uh, <laughs> we're talking about the precursor of the presence of God. Mm. Praise and worship. I have never heard praise and worship to be revealed to me in this manner. That's right. And this is why we consider praise as, oh, clap your hands. And you do. And that is a I part of the physical praise. It's a manifestation of it. I told you, worship. And shouting to the Lord with a voice of triumph. That is a physical praise. Go ahead. But we're going to get what is the deep meaning of praise, the, the spiritual part of praise, because oh. that's the physical part of praise. Go ahead. Because there's a spirit of praise that we'll talk about later. So the difference between praise and worship is this. Praise is, in, is initiated by us. Worship is God's answer to our praise. Mm. To praise is to seek God. To worship is to be found by God. Mm. Praise increases the anointing, but worship brings the glory. Praise is like building a house for God. Mm. But worship is God moving into the house. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Because we need to understand the difference of praise and worship. Praise is something that you initiate. But worship is God's answer to your praise. Mm. 
He answers your praise, star. To praise is to seek God. To worship is to be found by God. And he said, I heard you. And I found you. I heard your cry. And now you're found by God. Praise increases the anointing. The ability to do what you could normally do. Praise. Yes, but worship brings the glory where there's no effort on your part. Go ahead. Because God himself has shown up and there's no need or effort on your part. Praise is like building a house for God. Lord, you're worthy. Go ahead. You're good. You're awesome. Mm. You're wonderful. You're my counselor. You're my, you're my real God. You're my place of refuge. You're mighty. You're worthy. There's no one like you, God. Oh, how high are you, Lord God? How deep is your love, Father? There's no height. There's no depth, Father, that's like you. I searched the whole world, and I can't find anyone that's compared to you, Lord God. Your love is uncomprehensible. That frames the house of God. But worship allows God to move inside of that praise. Praise and worship, they work together. The spirit of worship follows and takes the lead of praise. You start off praising, but then worship comes and it takes the lead of praise. Because when you initiate praise, it's physical at first. But then there's a spirit of praise that comes and it causes you to praise spontaneously without effort. Mm. You're not trying to think about what to say. You're not trying to think about how great he is because the spirit of praise now is there. And when the spirit of praise comes, it brings on now worship. And there's no need now for praise because worship is here and just bow down low and complete sincere humility before your God. Note this. Praise until the spirit of worship comes. Until. And worship until God's glory descends. Praise until the spirit of worship comes. The body don't, it doesn't want to praise. It doesn't want to worship. It's at war against the spirit. But praise against your discomfort. Against you being inconvenient. Praise anyway. And keep praising until now worship comes and then when worship comes keep worshiping until the glory descends and now you have entered his rest and you can declare and speak what is not to be take possession and declare what's rightfully yours because you have praise the spirit of praise has come which caused worship to come and now glory descends amen amen Also note this, worship will be as deep and profound as praise is high, exuberant and powerful. Mm. Worship will be as deep and profound as praise is high, exuberant and powerful. So what causes a a hard atmosphere? Most likely poor praise and lack of worship. There you go. More lack of understanding God. 
Your lack of understanding God causes a hard atmosphere. That is so good right there. Because the churches are not teaching why we need to experience the glory. And that's sad to say because the glory was our original environment. You take a mm. person out of their original environment and they die. Right. You take the fish out of his environment, which is water. That's right. He can't survive. Take you permanently out of the glory. The more you don't know him and the more you never knew him. And I can't get back. There was never a place that I had ever known that I was there. Because I don't know him. I never knew him. This is why it's so, it's so dangerous to, to be in a backslidden state. Because the longer we stay there, yep. the more I don't know him, the more I don't want to know him. To get to a place where I absolutely never knew him. The more you stay away, the easier it, it becomes. It becomes mm -hmm. natural now. Yes, so, and mm -hmm. we're not just talking about church. We're talking about the presence of God. Yeah, we're talking about the glory. You're talking about, I'm talking about when you're in your car, when you're mm -hmm. at home, when you're in the mall. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. it, you, you are carriers of his presence. So let's learn today what the Bible calls true worshipers and genuine praise so that we may experience his glory, so that we may experience our original environment. Amen. Amen. So what is genuine praise? It's that we offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice that we spoke of and we in our praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And what happens here is that we release a movement for the Holy Spirit. A true praise releases the movement mm. of Holy Spirit. Mm. You permit him to move. You can hinder him from moving by your response or lack of response. How do you respond to his word? Is it irrelevant? Does it have any value? Your response causes you to create atmosphere for his presence mm -hmm. or a heart atmosphere that resists his presence and he's not welcome. Praise causes you and it is required that you go beyond your strength. You go beyond your convenience. You go beyond your desire and your comfort. True praise causes you to go beyond yourself. We must kill the ungodly things in us. It has to always, we must always be a victim of the killing. What else needs to be killed so I can live? What other thought and philosophy needs to be killed so I can live? What about our ego? What about our pride and our selfish ways? And what about our fear and our bad thoughts and anything that keeps us from wholeheartedly serving God? So our problem with praise today is that we haven't ascended high enough. We have a problem with praise. The unseemly people, can they please shut up? Somebody give them two seats. One seat's not enough. Just give them two seats. I want them, I want them here and sit down. I have plenty of room to sit down. Matter of fact, lay down. Be quiet. Go to sleep. <laughs> These unseemly praiser and worshipers. Can we sit them down? Can we shut them up? I mean, it's not all that. But the word of God tells you to glamorously praise God in a foolish way. He said, Raven, he said, he said, make a show of it. 
Make a show. Just active fool. In the Lord. In the Lord. He's in the Lord. That's, that's, <laughs> right. Make sure we get that right. In the <laughs> Lord. As old folks that get ugly for the Lord. <laughs> Just don't jump up and slap nobody. <laughs> so let's, let's look at an example of how we should ascend higher in our praise. Let's look to King David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ascend higher. Aliyah, come on. <laughs> Let's go higher. Please. And the Lord. Come up here, he said. Come on. 2 Samuel 6, 12 through 23. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family... Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Mm. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord, who Mm. chose me above your father and all his family. He (laughs) He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I'm willing to look even more foolish than this even to be humiliated in my own eyes. Mm. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Mm. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. See there? Watch what you say about the worker and the praiser. Go ahead, Pastor. It said that they packed up and ready to go take the ark somewhere. They only got six steps. And he started sacrificing animals, everything. I mean, we just picked it up. We just went six steps. Oh, that's it. We got to worship. We got to praise right now. I mean, really? That's what it said he did. Yeah, he did. They only went six steps. He said, that's it. Get the cow. Let's sacrifice. Let's praise. We ain't even got where we going yet. I just love it because he's the king. Amen. Yeah. He's the pa- If you don't see the pastor praising and worshiping yes. on his face, something's wrong. He might not know God. Amen. Wow. It, it blew my mind because. I'm just telling you. Wow. Six steps, y'all. This just further support how we should be praising God. <laughs> King David Go ahead. actually said, I've been called to praise God. Mm. He said, I've been appointed. Good God. Not only as king, but in my appointment is praise. In my call as king is celebration of my God. That's why he couldn't go in more than six steps without 
given an offering. Oh. There was good God Almighty. To give an offering was his livelihood, their income. It wasn't just cattle. That's right. It's their income. He immediately gave an offering. Mm. Stop with everything that we don't hold up. I got I have to send up an, an offering. offering to my Lord. Mm. Because offering is a huge part of worship. Mm. We don't understand it because nope. we have we have had leaders in our life that where we believe they have missed, you know, handled funds. So we don't want to come up off of our income. That's the real talk. We don't want to because of what we believe, what they're doing with it. But the word of God says that this offering is a huge, important part of your worship. David did that before he danced. <laughs> Good God. Six steps. David's got six steps. Wait a minute. I have to send up an offering to my Lord. This is part of my worship. It initiated, but go ahead. And then I danced. I had to celebrate. I had to celebrate the presence of God. And this is what we're not doing because we, we can't acknowledge, we can't discern the presence of God because we're discerning the old man life, our situation, our circumstances, that's what we're discerning. We're not discerning our original environment, the glory. David danced before the Lord. He said, with all his might, wearing his priestly garment. Mm. But as you do a little more study, it says that he actually took off his ephod. And he put on really this, this linen type outfit. So I guess he didn't want it to be restrained or anything. So he, right. he got on. Went off with that it. Time bow tie off. And they said that all the people of Israel brought up at the ark of the Lord and shouts of joy and the blowing of the ram's horn. There's a sound in the glory. Amen. There's a sound in the glory. And further in the study, you're going to hear about sound and worship. You're going to hear why music is so important in worship. Mm. Because in heaven, there's constant worship. Right. There's a sound in heaven that we're not connecting with. This is why we hear the sound of the world. Mm -hmm. And so the worshipers are incorporating the sound of the world. Go ahead. Uh-oh. We're incorporating <laughs> in our music sounds of the world. And when we do that, and I'm getting ahead of myself, we create strange fire. Yeah. It's called synchronicity. It's synchronicity because we're mixing what's profane with what is holy. Mm -hmm. And we present that to God. Hello. We take what is synchronicity. We take what is profane and we, of the world, mm -hmm. and we mix it with what is holy, and we present that to God and call it worship. And it's not. This is what's happening. Uh, in Leviticus 10, 1 through 2, Aaron had two sons, and in the process of worshiping, they did something that God did not command. Oh, yeah. They start to do what the worshipers are doing. Mm -hmm. They start mixing the sound. In the censers, they start to add something that God didn't tell them to add. And when they tried to present their worship before the Lord, they both were consumed and burned in the presence of God. Okay. This is what happens when you create strange fire in your worship. 
But we take it very lightly because we're doing the churchy thing. We're doing right. the, we, we we're bringing things in the world and we, we have a few scriptures of the word of God in the lyrics. And we mix it up. But you're mixing, commingling the world and the word of God. Happening everywhere. So both of the sons, as they brought their incense, their offering, it was a unauthorized offering. Go ahead. It wasn't authorized by God. And so they both were consumed by the fire of the presence of the Lord when they sent up that offering, which was a strange fire. This is why we'd be careful when people, I was telling pastor, I went to, um, I won't name the place, but I was about a year ago, we went to a place and um, we went to work, we went to hear this woman speak. Awesome woman of God. But what was happening, it was nothing that she was doing. She, her heart was pure. Heidi Baker, heart was pure. It was what was happening with the people what became impure. And I was, had my hands up and I'm worshiping. A minute. Mm. This is strange fire. But people were calling on God. Adam never called on God. What was wrong with that? Why I'm having to stop and look around like they, you know, they don't want to say on it. So I'm looking. It mm-hmm. felt like that to me. I'm looking around. They're working. They, they start to work themselves up in a frenzy. They tried to stir their own selves up. And when they did that, they were creating strange fire. They were trying to create a glory cloud without true praise mm-hmm. and true worship, which created strange fire. We get all confused or think that we're part of, we're all one, we're calling on Jesus, we praise him and clap your hands and you bow down. But wait a minute, this is strange fire. Because this is something that the flesh has designed. And you can do that. You can work yourself up. I'm going to briefly talk about, because the latter part, we're going to have to talk about the power of the heavenly sounds. We had to come back later for that. <laughs> it's, it's just seven days y'all. but what I'll talk Don't about real briefly here is that true worship reveals the existence of God mm. true worship reveals the existence of God it testifies of his presence true worship exalts the name of Jesus and the word of God genuine true worship has been replaced by entertainment and talent you desire to promote yourself and not God True worshipers bring the presence of God. And the primary purpose of worship is to bring the glory of God in the midst of his people. Amen. And that is to transform you into his image and those around you to be also transformed. When this objective is not pursued, it creates a very dangerous atmosphere, which we spoke of, a spirit of error and also known as strange fire. So that if we are not worshiping in spirit and in truth, you are and the process of creating or operating in the spirit of error and developing the spirit or the strange fire burning on the altar. So you are worshiping, but you're not worshiping in spirit and in truth. And when you're not worshiping in spirit and in truth, you create a spirit of error and a strange fire that goes up to God. And that's very dangerous. What would know position we put ourselves in when that happens and as we talked about Aaron and his sons here 
So note this, our level of ascension into the presence of God is determined by the sound of the worship we release. Mm. Our worship has a sound. It's not just Whitney screaming on top of her lungs. So Whitney, can somebody please shut her up? No. And Cindy sounded like somebody throwing her off the building. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> See, all these different ways that we have a praise, you know? But what happens is that there's a sound right. when we're, we're all seeing that. What happens is that, what's wrong is that we have pockets of true worship. You have pockets. Have one here, one there, one there, one there. And what happens is that Holy Spirit himself, he comes, fee, and he comes in those pockets where true worship is. That's right. And where there is not true worship, he moves. And when there's true worship, he goes. He consumes. He goes and he consumes all mm-hmm. true worship. Amen. He goes and he consumes all true worship. And he moves away from and he goes to and he consumes true worship. That is what happens with true worship happens. But the rest of us is not experiencing that. So you look strange to the others. And what you have is various pockets of God's glory. You have a cloud here. And a cloud there, but it's not a corporate cloud. You've created an individual cloud. Mm-hmm. And so why a person hear the same word of God and one prosper and the other one don't? Because they have learned how to create their own glory cloud. But we are to create a corporal glory cloud. It's not supposed to be these pockets, but the Holy Spirit only recognized true worship. And so he goes and he comes over their true worshiper and he takes the substance of that true worship. And once he does, he feels to see the cloud is being filled with true worship. And then it's released. But then you have to discern the glory cloud to declare what's yours, to possess and bring what's in eternity into time. How much of God's word is actually in your heart and spoken from your that's mouth. It. Now that's it right there. Do you have enough to speak to the elements of nature? Do you have enough of the word of God to speak to demons? To sickness? This is what happens in the glory. In his presence. What I am going to review here is that what really happens. And I will talk about the power of heavenly sounds. And when I talk about that. I'm going to talk about the, the shofar and the sounding of What's going on in heaven and what's supposed to be going on in our atmosphere. And they're supposed to mirror each other. Amen. Amen. And we're going to talk about really, we're going to talk directly to the worshipers. And which we all are worshipers. But then we're going to talk to the worshiper leaders. Mm -hmm. And how you are to instruct us into the glory. Guide us into the glory. Because you have been called with that ability and that anointing to lead us into the glory. You have a great responsibility, worship leaders. This is why you are under such extreme attacks with your flesh. We're going to talk about your purpose as worship leaders. And uh, we're going to talk about some more things, but I... I definitely just briefly talk about what's going on here on the screen. As you see at the bottom, we talked about it. that is praise. 
We are to have true praise, a, a glamorous, foolish praise, a making a show of praise with all your might praise, bringing the attention to God type praise. And when you when you're in that physical praise, then the spirit of praise come to where you is no effort on your part for you have to say or think about any other words of who he is and how great he is. But what happened now is now worship comes and you get closer to the glory. And so then when worship, you're in a place of worship, now you cause for the glory to manifest and it descends upon you. And when it descends upon you, you actually frame, and I'm going to get more into it, you frame the throne. You frame the throne of God. Causes him now to come up off his throne. And I hear your prayers, I hear your praise, I hear your intercession, I hear your worship, and I'm here to answer you. I'm gonna teach you on how to frame, how to create a glory cloud. And how to frame the throne. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. Amen. Wow. Pray that the word of God has enlightened you. And when it comes to the glory. And that is our original environment. Being in his presence. And understanding that when we are in his presence. There is no need or want or lack of anything. Because you have all in all which he is. Amen. I got a question for you right mm-hmm. quick. I got one. So. You said it brings him off the throne to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So could it be that when Stephen was getting stoned, mm-hmm. he was praising God? He was. Mm-hmm. Amen. He did. Awesome. And he was able to see. <laughs> he said, I see. While he's being persecuted, it while he's being killed. In the glory. Cloud. He was able to see that created a glory. In his suffering, he was counted all right. joy. And, and he was interceding. So in our praise and worship, we're interceding, we're praying, we're worshiping. And while you're doing all of that, your praise is framing, it forms the thrones.